The Calcio Podcast, episode 125. Listeners, ciao. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're all doing well. What a week. Well, Inter, you've done it. You are Campioni d'Italia. Auguri. We'll talk about how it came to this point. We'll talk about how the year started off and how it's going, how it finished off. And we'll also have to discuss what else has been going on. We'll have to talk about one of the craziest games in recent memory, the game that actually awarded Inter the title, Atalanta playing against Sassuolo, goalkeepers getting sent off, missed penalties, the whole deal, disallowed goals, young Italians scoring, uh, pump and dump stocks, it's it's got it all, baby, it's got it all, so we'll have to talk about what happened between Atalanta and Sassuolo, yes, indeed, uh, in addition to a couple of other crazy games that happened over the weekend, man, some late drama with Napoli, Drawing Cagliari, both of whom were involved in tight races at the top and bottom of the table, respectively. Juve and Cristiano uh, going through the most Juve 2021 slash Cristiano 2021 10 minutes ever, where Cristiano scored a penalty on a missed free kick in the wall and a header to win a game at Udinese late on to keep them in the top four race. They now face Milan at the weekend, who have Donnarumma in their side, who might be joining Juve in the offseason. We don't know. I mean, Raiola's up to his old tricks. Plus, Jose Mourinho is back in Italy. I think it's a great move. I think some people are going to get cucked. I think some people are losing their minds over it for all the wrong reasons. Some people are decidedly excited about it and think it's going to be a great move. I am among those people and I will explain why. We've got only in Italy, we've got Cuck of the Week, and we've got an announcement of what the pod is going to look like for the next couple of weeks. Some cool guests coming up, so stay tuned for that. Listeners, we've got a great show for you lined up, a fun one as usual. And I, I got my buzz on a little bit for this one, baby. I'm a couple glasses of wine in, and uh, it's good. I was nice and relaxed for this one. You guys are really going to enjoy it. I hope you do. So sit back, relax, maybe crack a little vino open yourself if it's that time of day, and enjoy this 125th episode. Now, without further ado, let's throw it over to Pino. Pino, take it away. Dai, let's go. Però, catenazzo che donna sei. Delle donne non mi fido, il corteggiamento è un rito, troppo spesso si finisce che una donna ti tradisce. E non mi importa se son bionde, non mi importa se son more, a me basta che siano tonde e disposte a far l'amore. Io da bambino veramente fui cacciato dalla scuola perché la professoressa mi faceva molto gola quando facevo il militare, poi la moglie del tenente mi faceva le moine di una presi tra la gente, perciò bambina, se sono qui per te stasera è una fortuna. Andiamo! Let's go, folks. All right, boys and girls, hope you're all doing well. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to episode number 125 of the Cultural Podcast. Sam Adamo coming at you. I, I said boys and girls. That's actually probably not true. I, I had a... I had a, 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 bit of a, a bit of a jarring moment this past week. I, I was baffled to find out that upon further inspection, I, 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 uh, I learned that the listenership of this podcast, maybe it, it actually probably shouldn't come as much of a surprise, is, is like 98% male. I think it's like 97 or 98% male. So I could basically start effectively referring to you all as boys. What's up, boys? Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never checked. I never fucking checked. I... I honestly, I, I changed platforms that I host the pod on. It's a little bit of a little bit of insight on how it works, but this doesn't affect the product. But I changed the platform that the podcast is hosted on, so I now have access to more in depth, more specific analytics, 
And yeah, it's like 98% male. So boys, hope you're all doing well. Hope everyone's having a great week. Um, Inter fans, you're, you're probably having the time of your life. Uh, have any of you guys sobered up since Sunday? I, I feels, it feels like the Inter players haven't been sober since Sunday. And good for them. I don't blame them. They deserve it. They were the best, uh, they were the best fucking team in the league this year. Auguri to Inter, who won the Scudetto for this 2020-2021 campaign. I don't know about you guys, but this campaign feels like it's just flown by. It really does feel like it's just flown by. As a Juventino, at times, it's felt a little bit long and tedious. But I, I can't believe that we've gone a whole year. Listen, maybe it's because they, the season started a little bit later than it normally would. But I can't believe we've gone a whole full season of no fans. And listen, I think we're, we're close to turning around the corner here. And I think shit will probably look a little bit different come fall. I know we've been saying that for a year now, but the solution is here now, right? You know, it seems that vaccination rollout is happening throughout the Western world and, you know, hopefully things will look more normal next year. Probably will. It looks like they will, right? So th this this year will have been just, just kind of a, a blip on the radar, that one year that there were no fans. It, it's nuts to believe that there were no fans throughout this year. Honestly, as a Juventino, it's a little bit satisfying that uh, that Inter got to win the title without any fans in the stadium. Granted, uh, it, <laughs> I mean, it didn't matter on a couple levels. One, they clinched the title on the back of a result that had nothing to do with them. And two, well, Interisti in Milan, understandably, didn't give a shit about COVID guidelines and went out and celebrated in, in great numbers and some uh, some really impressive imagery coming out of, um, some really impressive images, I should say, coming out of the city of Milano in the Piazza del Duomo. Um, the, but the festivities looked absolutely nuts. I mean, every 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 single Inter training session over the past week has looked like, has looked like a wedding. It's looked like, <laughs> it's looked like, it's looked like a wedding, like, 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 uh, like, like a bunch of guys, like a bunch of guys. Honestly, pr probably like probably like a wedding after party. You know what I mean? Like when you get to the wee hours of the morning, maybe like midnight to two a.m. at a wedding. Yeah, that's the vibe I've been getting from Inter training sessions over the past week. Listen, congrats! Obviously, fucking Inter winning two 0 at the weekend over Crotone a few days ago, and later that later that weekend, the following day, uh, Atalanta were unable to secure a result against uh, Cagliari and uh, excuse me against Sassuolo. Atalanta were unable to get a result against Sassuolo, and as a result, mathematically, Inter went on to win the title. Let's be honest, we've known this is going to happen for a while now. We've known that Inter were going to go on to win this, this this Scudetto, but I mean, technically, if Atalanta had won, they would have kept it uh, alive on paper, um, the race, that is, although Inter would have probably clinched it this weekend, right, realistically, but man, what a crazy game that was. I mean, look, look, just let's let's give our props to Inter. They've been the best team over the course of the year. Um, Marcelo Brozovic, by the way, Marcelo Brozovic of all the of all the Inter players, just the day after the day after the title win coming, coming on to Instagram Live. If you haven't seen this fucking listener, look it up. Look up Marcelo Brozovic's uh Instagram. Just look. Just look up Marcelo Brozovic Scudetto celebration or Marcelo Brozovic uh, eyes. It's probably gonna be like the first result that comes up on Monday morning. He looked like he had smoked every single weed plant in the whole region of Lombardia. Um, or that or maybe he had been crying. Honestly, the first time I saw the image, I thought he was like implying that he was emotional, that he was crying. But no, I, I think he was just, he was just, he was just hinting at the fact that he's a sicko. 
he is he looks like he would be a real sicko eh? this the tattoo skinny motherfucker um i don't know he he, give, he gives me he gives me absolute savage vibes uh when when he like parties or when he you know when he's hanging out with his friends further reinforced by this by this 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 thing that he posted this this video he posted of 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 him just i, I guess he woke up at like fucking two o'clock on monday after a whole night of celebrating on sunday and yeah just eyes completely bloodshot red as the devil's dick but uh look congrats to inter listen i gotta say i'm old enough to remember when inter fans were very much against antonio conte at the start of the year it definitely felt like they they weren't gonna do much this year honest to god i mean milan milan were the ones who kind of came out storming out of the gate to start the year off now we don't even know if they're gonna make it to top four but I think there was always this like thinking that you know maybe although Juve hadn't really found their stride at any point, hell we still haven't found our stride. Juve haven't, but I, I think there was a feeling that eventually Juve were always you know Juve being Juve, they were probably you know dangerous enough to always be a threat. Um, and a lot of people, I mean Nima included, when he came on back in the fall, I mean I remember he was he was livid at the idea that Conte would just come out and whinge in the media and shit and. You know, again, he, he, it was not, people forget, it was not, it was not a totally smooth, it, it was not exclusively smooth sailing throughout the campaign. It wasn't really a smooth ride the whole way through. There were, there were moments when Conte came out and, and had a few choice words in the media, in the public sphere about, about the ownership group in, uh, in Milan and the directors and investment in the squad, which is kind of silly. I mean, they, they, they did go out and, and over the past two years, they have gone out and, and bought a ton of different players. Uh, in a number of positions, I mean, think Barella, Sensi, Lukaku, um, Hakimi, every single one of the crazy players that Conte wanted from the Man United team in 2017 or 2018. Uh, by the way, this Inter side feels like the Man United side. It feels like Man United won the title, like Man United circa 2018, like all the players that played under Jose Mourinho, who we'll get to in a little bit. Just fucking Lukaku, Alexis, uh, Ashley Young, Matteo Darmian, just, just all these Man United rejects. Just being, just being totally resurrected by Antonio Conte, and it's another thing. Alexis Sanchez did not start off his career at Inter especially well, and he's kind of become a key piece in that side. And I don't know, just just fucking Eriksson, another guy who they bought recently as well. Like, look, they they they've gone out and they've they've done what they had to do to to to, to, to hunt Juve down and to and to to, to re- really overthrow the only side that looked like they. I mean, except for a couple of moments, maybe when Napoli looked like they might snag a title a couple of years ago. I mean, Juve were really the only team that 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 felt like that felt like the consistent dominant force over the past decade. And you know, Conte had a plan. He knew what he wanted to do. He made it his life mission to come out and spite his his old employers. And it took a while. It didn't even fully take flight this year this season I would say where it really took flight was maybe like December January when you know they, they, they really went on a run and they haven't really lost since uh, so listen kudos to them they, they've been the best team in the league again kind of kind of crazy when you think back to how they started off the season but I guess they were always in the picture uh, Ashraf Hakimi great acquisition for them let's uh, let's let's call the spade a spade kind of appropriate that he that he that he got a goal uh, in their title winning match, but I, I gotta say I, you you have to love you you almost have to respect Inter just just coming out now proudly talking about nineteen titles. Well, well, when Juve win a title, they'll probably you know 
next time you would win a title or last year when they last won a title, right? They would just come out and proudly claim 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 the 2006 title among their among their numbers. You got to love both sides just claiming it like it's fact. Like both of them are just speaking it into existence. Like like one of them has to be wrong, <laughs> right? The courts would say that Inter are right. Um you know, the 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 devil's advocate point of view is that Juve were hard done by, which we won't get into now because it'll just come off as being salty. But in any case, you've got to love how Juve and Inter both just shamelessly claim the 2005-2006 title. Like, no problem. Yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, 19, 19 titles, 19 titles. Auguri, yeah, auguri to us, complimenti to us. This is our 19th. You know, and Juve fans just refuse to refuse to uh, to accept it. They refuse to acknowledge it. Likewise, when it's the other way around, in the shoes on the other foot, <laughs> just just Interisti coming out and correcting them. I don't know. You, you gotta love the pettiness that I that, that we've been seeing over the past few days. You almost have to respect it. But uh, my my God, let's talk about let's talk about some of the games that happened these past few days, man. Like like as I said, Inter claimed the title when. Atalanta failed to beat Sassuolo. And what a fucking crazy game this was. Okay, first off, when a goalkeeper gets sent off, I mean, automatically automatically makes a game far more entertaining. There's a couple things a goalkeeper can do that'll make a game more entertaining. One of them is a big-ass blunder, you know, um, normal, right? Second most exciting thing that a goalkeeper can do is probably wear a hat like Handanovic does. Shout out. Uh, the third... And the third most exciting thing that a goalkeeper can do, and this is a little bit more random, you know, it's a wild card thing, doesn't happen very often, but it's get sent off. Get sent off for a crazy, for a crazy last-ditch challenge or something, or for, like, handling the ball outside the box. And Pierluigi Golini did just that very early on in the game. I think it was, like, like 15 or 20 minutes into the game. He, <laughs> he came out to claim a ball. To be fair, to be fair, a ball was played over the top for Jeremy Boga. The ball looked like it was going to bounce. And honestly... Where Golo was placed, he probably, he probably had a good claim to stake on the ball. I mean, he might have been able to just head it, head it away first. But Boga just got this extra little. He had this weird extra little step he took that that allowed him to just sort of let the ball gracefully fall on his foot, and it totally caught <laughs> Golini with his pants down. You've got to look at the replay of this fucking goal. Look up the Atalanta Sassuolo game from the other day, people. It's it's unreal. So Golo gets caught with his pants down. He just scrambles back to basically take the ball back from him. Can only just, you know, because the net is open at this point, can only just grab him by the shoulders and pull Boga back. And naturally, Boga goes down. It's outside the box. Luckily for them, it's not a penalty. But uh, he, he, then, he then acts like he got the ball. Is incredulous that the whistle is blown, even though he very clearly threw Boga to the ground, puts his hands up as if to say, what the fuck? And the ref sends him off. Which 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 is incredible. Now I, I get that this comes on the back of me having said that I think Golo is like one of the best, most underrated goalkeepers in the league. This is a tough look on me because he might lose his uh, starting spot for the second time this season to Sportiello. Uh, <laughs> at least I mean Sportiello is gonna have to start the next game. Who's to say if Golo even walks back into the side now? But I, I gotta say, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for my boy here. It was the right play. I understand what he was doing. He just got totally he got totally thrown for a loop by this otherworldly touch that Boga took, which which like ninety nine times out of a hundred will never come to be. But uh, yeah, definitely definitely made that game a little more interesting. It went on to finish one one. 
but Atalanta actually did take the lead in the game. Nice goal from Gosens, who who has ten goals on the season from left back. I know there are a lot of Juventini who have been who have been kind of adamant about the idea of us needing another left back. Gosens is probably the guy I would go for. I would look no further than him. He is he is very impressive. Ten goals from I know that he play I know that he plays a little bit more far up the pitch, kind of as a wing back, but. I uh, I still think it's really impressive, man. He's not. Tra- I mean, he's not your traditional left winger. He he he. I believe he kind of made his. You know, I think he cut his teeth playing in a defense. So now he uh, he's been he's been great for Atalanta this year. I can't I can't imagine the last I can't remember. Excuse me, the last time that a defender scored double digit goals in a campaign. I don't know. I don't know who comes to mind especially in the like Italian football context. And again, I, I know I know Gosens plays a little bit further up the pitch, so he's not necessarily exclusively a defender, but you know, whatever. He still has very he still has a very high level of this, of defensive responsibility in that system. So, he scores early on, but uh but um Atalanta concede a penalty which Berardi converts and then the game gets a little bit crazy. It gets a little bit fucking crazy. First of all, I was livid watching the game, even though even though a Sassuolo win, a Sassuolo result of any kind would have effectively, I mean, it, it would have mathematically rendered Inter champions. I would say I was really disappointed that this one goal was ruled off. Giacomo Raspadori kind of coasted in and squared it nicely for Locatelli, who scored. I mean, that's absolute porn for me, right? Two young Italians scoring a goal like that, because that's what we do now, right? We just we we just kind of fish for any any little glimmer of hope of uh, of an Ita- of a young Italian kid doing well. Uh, so yeah, I I was I was ve- I was very disappointed that that goal was ruled out because of course Raspadori is one of those guys who we now have to hype up to the moon now, uh, GameStop style. Just uh, I actually like that idea. I actually like that idea. Let, let's just let's just keep that up. Let's just keep fucking. Here I'll make a point. I'll make a point. I'll note this down right now. I'll make a point of just hyping up Giacomo Raspadori to the moon. Um, yeah, just like like stonks stonk style. You know, we'll we'll create a little rasp- a little a little Raspadori stonk. Um, but yeah, they went on to they went on to draw one one after after Luis Muriel actually missed a penalty late on. So electric game. I mean, for Interisti watching this game, who are kind of just you know tuning in just to see what would happen, anxiously waiting for uh, you know for, for for their title. I mean, what a what an emotional roller coaster when Locatelli scores that goal, which was ruled out for being marginally offside. I think Raspadori might have been in the lead up. I mean, they probably lost their minds because that would have effectively. Um, you know, done and dusted the title. Uh, is that a word? Done and dusted. It would have made the title done and dusted. It would have rendered it done and dusted, and whatever. Uh, then for Atalanta to get the penalty at the end, and for Interisti to be like, "Oh motherfucker, here we go." You know, it's not this weekend. Too bad. And for him to miss the goddamn penalty. I mean, just totally electric. And to be fair, Atalanta almost scored again at the end of the match, uh, at the death. So yeah, you know, Inter fans did have to sweat it out, but. Yeah, well deserved. Of course, this game had big ramifications on the top four race because Atalanta are super, super tight in a race right now with Milan and Juve and Napoli and Lazio. Uh, as things stand right now, ahead of this upcoming weekend, which is a huge weekend. Currently, five points separate sixth and second. However, in sixth place, Lazio have a game in hand. Game in hand, bro. Game in hand, bro. Game and fucking hand. So let's assume they win that game against Torino, which isn't a given. But if they do, then two points separate sixth through second. So, I mean, it's really anybody's game. We'll talk about the other teams that are in that top four race and whether or not you know I think they'll 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 go on to do anything. Uh, 
that will maybe, you know, hurt their chances or help their chances in the coming weeks. But, I mean, yeah, just, just a very a very lucky weekend for for Milan and Juve as Atalanta drew and as Napoli drew. Napoli drew against Cagliari, who scored at the death. And I got to say, Cagliari have been very impressive. As, as, as I mentioned last week, as I alluded to, they have really just clawed their way out of the relegation zone. They're now mathematically out of the relegation zone, a point ahead of Benevento. And that race is super tight as well. Parma lost at the weekend, so they are officially going down. Uh, having lost to Torino. So that's a big result for Torino as well, who are right in this dogfight right now. Right now, I'm calling it safe at Bologna in 12th. But in theory, although I think it's a little bit unlikely that a Genoa or a Fiorentina can get dragged into the race, I think nobody from Genoa in 13th all the way down to Benevento in the final relegation spot is safe, which is very exciting. So you've got Genoa, Fiorentina, Torino, Spezia, Cagliari, and Benevento all a part of that race. Uh, and every single one of those teams is obviously going to need as many points as they can get. So Cagliari getting that one point against Napoli at the death, huge, absolutely huge. Nandez getting that goal. Um, you know, Husai looked a little weak on it. But yeah, those are big points dropped for Napoli, man. Those are really big points dropped for Napoli. And, uh, you know, the one thing that Napoli and Atalanta have right now going for them is that Milan and Juve are playing each other. So, at, you know, this upcoming weekend, it's the Sam and Nick Derby. We're probably going to watch that game together virtually, like on FaceTime or some shit. I don't know. But that's an absolutely massive game. I'm probably going to want to... One of us is going to want to kill the other one by the end of it. Honestly, we might want to mutually kill each other if uh, if the game is heated enough and if we argue enough, which tends to happen when we watch games together. But... Um, if if any one of our teams loses, I don't know that I don't know that it, it might put a serious strain on the relationship. And little teaser for you guys, Nick is actually going to be back on the podcast next week. So I know uh, this has been fun. If you're listening to this pod, then obviously you you enjoy uh, you enjoy hearing my sweet my sweet uh, my sweet uh, silky voice solo for like an hour. But I think it's due time that we get some other people involved so for the next couple of weeks we've got guests lined up starting next week we've got Nima Tavali of sempreinter.com and Rahul Sharma my boy of YouTube and it'll be a lot of fun you know to interisti Rahul's a little bit closer to my age so he's kind of my generation Nima is uh, you know he grew up watching football in the 80s and 90s so he's a little bit older than us and it'll be fun to kind of get two generations on well nick is going to be joining us as well we're gonna have a five aside like we used to um it's been a while since we've had a five aside so it'll be a lot of fucking fun but that is only if nick and i are on speaking terms next week which i honestly can't fucking promise you like if juve if juve lose and it's a really stupid game i i don't know if and and nick gloats i don't know if i'm going to be able to have him on next week so so that's actually I actually don't want to promise it there. It's it's on ice. Although Nima said that a contingency on him coming back is that we do get Nick on. Uh, so so I might I, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to see how things fucking pan out. You, you, you ever you ever have a moment like that where like a friend of yours isn't even necessarily trying to rub shit in your face. Sometimes they are, which makes it even worse. But sometimes like they're just happy. You know they're celebrating a goal and you want to just punch them in the fucking nose, even though they're not doing anything bad. They're they're doing something understandable. You understand why they're doing it, but it just it makes you irrationally mad. That's 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 me. Like I'm that guy. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to fucking wait and see. But uh, yeah, big 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 big, um, lucky bonus for Milan and Juve as Napoli and Atalanta failed to get results at the weekend. And Lazio 
are still in this race, right? Let's not forget that they're uh, they're very much still a part of this top four race, despite the fact that they're a couple points back. Again, there's that game in hand, but man, what what a crazy game they had as well against Genoa. They went up four to one and they almost blew it. Uh, Skamaka and and Shom and what the fuck is his name? Shosho Shomorodov, uh, the, uh, the 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 Georgian guy, uh, pegging late goals back for Genoa, which 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 honestly honestly. I, I thought Genoa were probably gonna I thought I thought it was gonna be a full full on collapse and I thought Genoa were gonna come back all the way because when they scored their third goal there were still ten minutes left in the game, so um yeah look obviously Lazio went on, went on to get the result but they, they don't feel like the most calming secure side I definitely do think that of those five teams the one who is least likely to be among the final three top four spots is Lazio um it's it's just a hunch I have like for them to make it I think that let's let's put it this way it's not impossible but if they get in they'll have to turn the world they'll turn the world upside down in the process they'll be going through crazy games just like the one that they had at the weekend the high scoring wildly 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 undependable um, super, super erratic in the way they play sometimes. So we'll we'll see we'll see how how shit pans out. And you know, again, Milan and Juve playing each other at the weekend could open a door up there because if they draw each other, and Lazio just keep winning on you know from here on out until the end of the year, it's it's you know it's theirs. The door would be open. But again, I think they would have to again they would have to just they would have to turn the world upside down in order to make the top four right now. But it's something worth watching because if they do, it'll be it'll be completely it'll be completely bonkers. Um, it'll be completely bonkers. The funny thing is, like except for Juve, who were basically hoping I think to win the title, every single one of these teams' objectives this year was just to make top four. I would assume. I would assume. So they, these are all teams that very much think that you know they they, they belong in this race, and uh, in a lot of ways, I think maybe a little bit. Le- this is probably less the case with Lazio, but maybe even Napoli to an extent, but I definitely think that for pretty much all these teams, like the, the sustainability of their of their of the club kind of depends on them getting in the top four. And honestly that, that's probably least that's probably not necessarily true, especially about Atalanta either. The model they've had in place for a number of years now. But but let's let's be honest. I mean it, it would be a great help to a to a side like Napoli or a side like Atalanta. Napoli paid a, a shitload of money for Victor Osimen last year. You know, if 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 they go another couple years without making the Champions League that type of thing might be very difficult right so so huge for all teams involved we'll see how shit pans out but uh i want to talk about a couple things ahead of this weekend here uh because because we've got a little situation here mino is up to his old tricks once again i've got a cuck of the week moment here it's a dual one uh so equal parts cuck are ac milan and Wojtek chesney for a couple of reasons so Gijo donnarumma is at the end of his contract it's going to be expiring in about a month now. And honestly, first of all, I was shocked when I heard that because, I mean, he signed he signed his last contract in 2017 four years ago when that whole Dollarumas, you know, fiasco was going on basically, right? The last time that he was, that he was, that he was in contract negotiations with Milan, right? It was a whole fiasco and he extended four years. And I don't know, just for some reason when that happened, I figured, okay, he's a Milan lifer. Like he's not going to go anywhere, even though he was only like, what? what like 18 17 18 at the time i i just kind of assumed yeah like this is it okay fine like we don't have to worry about this for another couple years well fuck me i mean he's been around so long here we are already 
And uh, it looks like he's probably set to join Juve, which is a little bit odd because we don't, you know, Juve don't especially have a goalkeeping issue. But, uh, you know, I guess if you have a 22-year-old kid who's the Italian national team goalkeeper and who's one of the best, you know, goalkeepers in the world, who's probably the best in the country right now, you've got to take him. I understand it. You know, you set yourself up for a good 12-ish years. Since, you know, Buffon got to being, you know, maybe 37, 8 years old, and, you know, as it became clear that he was probably going to look to go out on top after the 2018 World Cup, um, obviously, you know, us not winning, Juve not winning the Champions League in 2017 and Italy not making the World Cup in 2018, I think kind of made him not want to quite hang up yet, <laughs> hang the boots up yet, but... Look, I mean, there was an understanding for a couple of years that Gigi was, you know, Gigi was going to be leaving very soon, and you know who his press, who is, who is, who is, uh, you know, who is, whose successor would be, excuse me, who is, who his successor would be was, you know, something that had been discussed for a while, and the um, the comparison between Donnarumma and Buffon was easy; it was obvious, right? Uh, because they were both about the same age when they came into first team football, they both kind of stormed in, in you know, they both kind of stormed onto the scene, and. Uh, you know, Donnarumma's name is also Gianluigi, so it was low-hanging fruit, and it's the it's the logical step that a lot of people thought he would eventually take. But of course, this you know doesn't respect Milan, and it kind of assumes that Milan would just be willing to let this kid walk. Well, you know what? He wants so much money now. I think it makes sense for them too. I think it really does make sense for all involved for him to just be allowed to join Juve one because Juve get the player they want for the next decade. Milan can be done with him in this bullshit. And he gets to be fucking paid. He gets fucking paid, and apparently Mino's gonna get like a twenty million euro commission. So Mino's happy too, which is crazy. It's absolutely fucking crazy. I don't know where this money's coming from. Where does money come from? Where does this money come from? Where 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 can we afford to pay fucking? Where can you afford to pay fucking twenty million euro in a commission fee to a to an agent when there's talk that I don't know we may not even be able to go out and get one more elite midfielder without offloading a few others well where does this money fucking come from out of thin air but it whatever regardless big cuck moment here for a couple of reasons one because Chesney is the bona fide starter at Juve right now so he's not going to want to settle for an you know for, for for backing up another guy named Gianluigi so he'll probably be off if Donnarumma does come then there's the fucking fact that well Milan are playing Juve this weekend so Mino doing his thing obviously is going to want to stir the pot a little bit before one of the biggest games of the year between these two sides and uh, one that'll probably determine wh where each one winds up next season, which in turn might decide where Donnarumma goes. So this this has crazy shades of Stefan de Frey at Lazio in 2018. If you recall, on the last game of, on the last weekend of the season, the last day of the season, the last match, uh, he de Frey was a Lazio player, and Lazio and Inter were neck and neck, and they were playing each other. On the final day, the winner was going to get in the top four. If you'll recall, De Frey had actually already agreed before the game. It was confirmed that he would be signing for Inter at the end of the year. So obviously, it doesn't make sense for him to go out and try to win with Lazio. But then you got your sporting pride. You've got your teammates. It's a conflict of interest. The manager should have just not played him. It basta. He fucking played. And if you'll recall, he actually, I think he conceded a penalty like very late on, which is what allowed Inter to win the game. So shades of that here, right? Like this is a lose lose. If you're Donnarumma and you have total integrity, it's still a lose. It's still a lose lose because I mean, it's it's so risky. If he goes out and fucks up and makes a mistake, they'll just assume they'll just assume that you know 
people will come out and, jo- and, and, and seriously say that he threw the game. When realistically, I mean, he's not going to be thinking about throwing the game in the game, but I don't know, man. There's no way that his head could be in the right place. This guy cannot fucking start for Milan. He can't. But you know what? That's a big cuck for Milan because they lose their starting goalkeeper ahead of one of the biggest games of the season, and I, I can understand why they might be done with his bullshit. I really can. It, uh, it, it makes complete and total sense. But what 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 do you what 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 are they gonna what are they gonna do what are they gonna do like are they are they gonna fucking are they gonna fucking start Tato Rusano? I guess they, I guess they could but that sends a really clear signal if they do right uh, so we'll we'll have to see how this shit plays out it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see what the fuck happens in this one but frankly I, I don't see a situation where playing Donnarumma could possibly make sense for for him. For Milan, if it is true that he will apparently join you, it, it doesn't. It doesn't compute. Like it's, you, you can't have a player play when he's got a conflict of interest, right? Like just the other day, just the other day, when Juve beat Udinese at the weekend, well, they the only reason that the win was made possible was because we we surmounted a comeback from like eighty three minutes on after Cristiano scored a penalty, and that penalty was a result of Rodrigo de Paul kind of sticking out his arm in a wall uh, when and he was at the edge of the wall so that's what led to the penalty and a bunch of people were like see he's joining he's joining Juve like obviously that's not fucking true. To, to to be fair to be fair was it uh was it Steger Larsen who I think it was Steger Larsen it might have been against Udinese was it against Udinese I'm trying to think here no uh earlier this season Milan played against it's gonna drive me nuts. It's gonna drive me absolutely nuts here. I gotta find it. I gotta find this. You, 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 you guys all remember what the fuck I'm talking about, eh? The, yeah, it was the Danish guy. It was the fucking Danish guy who plays for Udi. Yeah, it was Udinese, right? So Lar, yeah, Hens, Hens, Strieger, Larsen, uh, the Udinese player. Like at the end of a game against Milan a few weeks ago, just committed the stupidest, the stupidest, most blatant handball I've ever seen at the end of the game, like last kick of the game to award Milan a penalty in either. Was it award them a draw or have Milan win the game? And then I think <laughs> this might be a bullshit quote. Fuck, I hope it, I hope it isn't. But if it is, and I and I got duped into thinking it was, well then, fair play to this person on Twitter who I saw it from. But I saw a quote saying, <laughs> uh, I saw an apparent quote from Larson saying, "I swear it had nothing to do with the fact that I'm a Milan fan." That I did no, it's got to be a fake quote. Just 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 talking. You ever have a moment where you say something out loud and you're like, "No way, that's true." Yeah, but anyway, like, so it, it, it happened again. It happened again. It's happened again. It's happened again. Um, Yeah, Udinese, end of a game. Silly handball in the box leads to a penalty. What a nuts game that was. We are so bad. Juve are so fucking inconsistent right now. Honestly, it's, it's, not, it's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch. But, like, oh, it's like, it's like, it's. Oh my god! It's it's literally like it's literally like being a gambling addict. Watching Juve is like being a gambling addict right now. And you know what? I don't want to make this exclusive to Juve. It's like it's like it's like being a gambling addict to follow most teams. Because how often does your team win? Very rarely, right? Most of the time, you're coming back anyway, even though you know that you're gonna lose. You can't get enough, and and you hate yourself for it. But then when you win, you're just like you know, get in, yes. So that was me. That was me this weekend. You know, we're losing the game. I'm thinking, fuck this bunch of cunts. They're fucking shit. My God, this has to end. It'd be better if we don't get top four. My God, we don't even deserve it. Cocksuckers. And then Cristiano 
takes a free kick. By the way, this was, this was the most Cristiano brace. This was the most 2020 Cristiano brace ever, okay? He gets a free kick, hits the free kick into the wall. The wall in question is Rodrigo de Paul's arm, so it's like an extension of the wall. They get a penalty called. He scores the penalty, scores a header in like the 89th, 90th minute to win the game. It's the most like Cristiano brace ever in 2021. But uh, like he scores that goal out of nowhere. A game, like a we, we didn't deserve to win this game. I mean, here's the thing. You know, Inter won a lot of games like this throughout the year. They would score a lot of late goals, and they would just win the hard way. Conquesta cattività, like we say, you know, with that that mean streak about them. Uh, this really just pragmatic way of winning games ugly that Juve used to do. There's nothing inherently wrong with it, but <laughs> like, my God, man, they're, they're gonna kill me. Like, like it's, it's. I I I want to be put out of my misery. I want the season to end because it's very clear that we need new leadership. Pirlo has started 34 lineups in 34 matches till now. It's pretty clear that new leadership is coming, irrespective of where we finish. Um, so, you know, I, I do want to be put out of my misery, but the job is not done, man. And look, if we had lost that game, if we had drawn that game, we would have been screwed. And we were so close to being screwed. You were so deserved to be screwed. The way that we played this year, I mean, to, to be fair, listen, I know that Lazio have had their fucking moments throughout the year. Milan have really slipped up lately. Napoli have not looked consistently excellent. So so I get I guess they're kind of all in the same place right now, which is to say they've all been good but not good enough. And in the case of Juve, I mean, who have been winning so consistently, you, you want a little bit more out of them, right? Out of the former champions, you hope they can surmount a little bit more of an elite, you know, a little bit more of a a little bit more of a strong title challenge and you want to see that elite play level which unfortunately at times hasn't happened they, 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 they've lost to really inferior sides objectively inferior sides you know i mean in city outsides are all good to a certain degree but like 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 sides that are fighting for relegation right now it's happened a couple of times right so yeah you've deserved to be in the position they're in right now and they're gonna they're gonna make me sweat it out they're gonna bring it down to the wire another team who's not done well this year who's kind of slipped up and who's in need of a little revamping are roma Fucking Roma. Hero of the week here goes to Jose Mourinho. Let, let's give the man a round of applause. First of all, am I the only one who's fired up for next season on on a number of levels? I mean, one, you've got Conte as Inter's manager and as the defending champion. And you know he'll be looking he'll be looking to kind of keep the momentum going, but you also know that sometimes in year three the wheels tend to fall off with Conte. You know that Max Allegri might be coming back to Milan. You know that Spalletti might be taking over at Napoli next year, that he might be getting back into the league somehow. Milan are looking a little bit stronger. Atalanta have been very impressive for a couple of years now and don't aren't really showing any signs of slipping up. And you've got Jose fucking Mourinho coming back to Serie A. Holy shit, man. I mean, if you're not fired up for next year, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. Get... get, get uh... Get uh, I don't know if you, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't get fired up for next year, thinking about thinking about what the season's gonna look like with full with you know full stadiums hopefully at some point early on in the year, and that that class of managers and on the back of the Euro as well you know everyone's gonna be really into football right we're gonna see we're gonna we're maybe gonna see a couple of crazy transfers uh, on the back of on the back of the European Championship. You know, I don't know. If, if that doesn't get you excited, start doing cocaine. Word of advice. Um, 
Bro, uh, Jose Mourinho, here's why he's hero of the week. First of all, let's break down this news. So Jose Mourinho, of course, was fired like two weeks ago, the day that the Super League was announced, right? Or like the day after the Super League was announced. He was the first he was the first Super League manager to get sacked. Um Yeah, it was it was like two weeks ago now. Got sacked by Tottenham. Well, a lot of people, I, I heard a lot of people saying, where does he go from here? You know what I mean? Like, like what other what other big club, what other English club will take him? What other English club will have him? Maybe you should go to Turkey or something. Y- you know, th- this is perfect for him. This is a perfect move on a number of levels. Because Roma are a massive club. It's a very complex club. The city of Roma is a complex city. And Roma are a very important team in I mean, they're one of the biggest clubs in Italy, but they're not a giant right now. They're a giant in the context of Italian football, but they've not won a lot. And they're not a giant in the context of European football, but they're a big enough name that, you know, I don't know. Them going on a run in the Champions League isn't a shock, but it's it's something of a pleasant surprise where they'd probably be an underdog all the way to the end, right? So... The point of me, the point of me saying this is that basically Roma are a challenge. Roma are not a walk in the park. When he took over at Man United, you know he was going to have a ton of backing, a ton of funding. He was taking over one of the biggest clubs in the world. He was one of the self-proclaimed biggest and best managers in the world. And you know he's kind of I don't know some of the you know the, the luster is kind of I don't know he he's not quite got the same. Uh, I was going to say he doesn't have the same power. That's not true. He doesn't have the same... I guess in some ways he doesn't quite have the same level of, of of sex appeal as he once did because he hasn't won for a couple of years now. A couple of years, you know? Um, but, but he still has a lot of power, man. And you know that he drives hype. He drives stories. He drives eyeballs to a club, which is fantastic. But he also creates a winning culture. He does. A lot of times, it's a toxic environment that he that he that he fosters. But uh, I don't know. You know, a lot of a lot of people love toxic relationships with toxic people. Those are the most exciting. Those are the most fucking exciting relationships. A lot of people seem to. That's at least half the people I know love being in toxic relationships, and they don't even know that they're in toxic relationships. They refuse to. Ad- they refuse to admit it. They uh, they live in denial. Nah, it's, listen. Toxic relationships are are infectious. So maybe we can get that here because look, he he's 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 a guy who doesn't really he doesn't really play positive football, I guess. And when you play, I don't know, when you manage a Man United, it's a little bit it's a little bit of a difficult pill to swallow, I think, for Man United fans to see Man United defend from the twenty second minute. You know what I mean? A lot of people have said that. Mourinho has been passed by by football. That football has passed him by. I actually pretty manifestly disagree with that. While I think that this is a make or break role for him in some ways, in some ways, I also think that I think he's just outgrown English football, or he's no longer well suited to English football. I don't know if it's that he's outgrown it, but he is no longer well suited to English football. You know the. the the media games, the 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 negative tactics, the the cynicism, 
that's really well suited for Italy. I'm sorry. I think this is a great move because <laughs> in Italy, giving it back to the media actually gets you brownie points sometimes. Putting the media in their place gets you brownie points sometimes. Talking back to the media who will ask you very direct tactical questions is more his breadbasket. There is, listen, there have been a number of teams that have been playing really exciting open football for a couple of years now, for sure, for sure, for sure. Milan have done it, Atalanta have done it, Napoli have done it. Um, but but Lazio kind of do sometimes in a weird way, but like, but I don't know, there's not the same level of cynicism toward the type of football that Mourinho will probably want to play. He's got the backing of the owners, uh, you know, he's their guy, he's got a Portuguese sporting director now. I mean, poor Paulo Fonseca, I mean, you know, whatever. It was, this came on the back of a 2-0 loss to Sampdoria at the weekend right after they got eliminated from the Europa League. So, I mean, listen, I think if Paulo Fonseca had somehow found a way to sneak by Man United in the Europa League, he'd probably still be in a job right now, but it, it might have it been doomed eventually. If you want to build a project at Roma, then a guy like Mourinho is a guy you can build a project around. Think of a guy like Barcello Bielsa. L listen, man, I have a lot of respect for Pep Guardiola, but he is done. I mean, he, he's only gone to clubs, he's gone to like top, 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 top tier, cream of the crop, upper echelon clubs, that's it, I mean, he's managed Barcelona, he's managed Bayern Munich, and he's managed Man City, he's had a ton of money at his disposal, every single time he's managed at a club, and Mourinho will have money, don't get me wrong, but I think that, I mean, he won't have, he won't have the same limitless funds that Pep has at City, he's gonna have to use his brain a little bit more, he's gonna have to use some of the players that he has at his disposal, he's, you know, he's gonna have to use Mancini and Pellegrini, and he's gonna have to build a team around Vertu and Zaniolo, and I, I, I think this kind of has shades of, like, a Marcello Bielsa move, Marcello Bielsa managed Marseille, although he, quit like the day after he goes he, he was hired he still took I mean he accepted a Lazio he accepted a Lazio position a few years ago the Leeds job in the second division you know there's something cool about a manager taking on a difficult role like this Carlo Ancelotti taking the role on at Everton is a very similar example you know you have to respect to a, a top manager taking on a challenge like this and don't get me wrong like he, he this isn't charity he's being very well re, he's being very well remunerated he's getting less than he would in England for sure at 7 million euro um which is no pittance by any you know by any stretch of the imagination he'd still probably be able to command more from from a big English club how I mean listen there's only so many he can go to he's been at Man United he's been at Chelsea he's been at Spurs Spurs just sacked him you know he's not going to go to Arsenal right now you know, Man City have Pep. So, so that's it. I think that that pool of clubs who are willing to give it a whirl with him, or willing to give him a whirl, kind of in that you know those that elite managerial merry-go-round. I think it's it's over. It's run its course. So it'll be really cool to see how he does in Italy next year. And I believe the goal will be top four for Roma. I believe they'll hit it because I think. I think Jose Mourinho will be, again, right in his breadbasket when he comes back. And I think we're going to see a nice little fun renaissance of him. Uh, and it'll be fun to see him in the Champions League, hopefully, in a year. And uh, power to him. But the reason he's the hero of the week here is because, let's be honest, like, he, he's he's kind of lost a bit of the sex appeal, like I said before, right? Well, I saw a, I saw a tweet the other, the other day <laughs> after he was announced as a uh, new Roma manager. Apparently, after... After he uh, had a chat with Ed Woodward, I saw quotes that, <laughs> I, mean, I guess was in, this was in, what, 2015 or 16 when he was hired by Man United. Uh, Ed Woodward was apparently blown away by 
they were meeting. And apparently uh, with Daniel Levy at Tottenham last year, he was, or two years ago now, or a year and a half ago, Daniel Levy was apparently blown away by Jose Mourinho and the stuff he had to say and how he talked about how he used his time away from football to change his philosophy a little bit and think about new ideas. And apparently the Friedkin group were, quote, blown away, you guessed it, blown away by Mourinho and their chat with him. So I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how good a talker this guy is, but the fact that he keeps that he that he that he's consistently able to kind of weasel his way in the in a really high paying jobs like this is great for him. But look, I think this is actually a smart fucking move. Now, on the flip side, thrones of the week. Uh poor Henrik Mikitarian. Poor poor Henrik Mikitarian at Roma who's finally found his stride. He's re, you know, he's refound himself in Serie A. Um, he's scored like 10 goals a couple years in a row now. He's, he's looked like a key cog in that Roma side. Um, you know, after getting phased out of, of, of Man United with, uh, you know, with Jose Mourinho at the helm, poor fucking Miki Italian fucks off to another country and Jose Mourinho is back to haunt him. Chris Smalling as well. Although I think Chris Smalling was actually playing quite a fair bit under Mourinho in his last season, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know. Them, them man them who, 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 who moved? Who moved to a new club? Moved to Roma? Probably thinking it's a little bit of a tear down of like Man United and Arsenal, respectively. You know, what a little bit more chill. Big club, big pressure, but not the same global pressure. You know, they can kind of get away from a lot of the shit that maybe you know whatever that might have been bugging them a little bit in England. Back comes Mourinho to haunt them. That'll be really funny to see how that fucking plays out. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine if like Luke Shaw had joined Roma a year ago and if, and Luke Shaw was getting or like Paul Pogba like if Paul Pogba was brought by Juve was was brought back by Juve and Juve decided to hire Mourinho as their fucking manager how funny would that have been you know what I mean just like play a player he had like a like a big ass a big ass spat with cuz like it, it either at the end at the end of his tenure players either loathe him or love him right they'd run through a wall for him so we'll see we'll see how the hell this uh, plays out it'll be a lot of fun to see what happens Quick only in Italy moment. Uh, was it Dan Friedkin? Dad Friedkin, the fucking son of the of the main Friedkin uh, stakeholder in Roma, uh, making out with Diletta Leota the other day. Uh, only in Italy. Just, just, just an, just, just an, just an owner, an the American owner of an Italian football club making out with this, with this, with this plasticized, uh, crazy popular TV presenter that like every single, every single player wants to boink and checks out on the sideline like just just absolute only in Italy moment just, just made, made made for TV honestly like it's kind of cool as backwards as Italy is in a lot of ways it's very refreshing to see the level of involvement that women have in the game now unfortunately um they're usually alongside a bunch of old, a bunch of creepy old men in the studio who are just who are just devouring them with their eyes but uh, it's <laughs> I don't know you got like these showgirls that double as as journalists but uh, I don't know. Big week for Dan Friedkin, I guess. Nagin, Nagin Diletta and Nagin Mourinho. Shout out to Sharma who actually pointed that out. I saw it on Twitter the other day. So he'll, he'll be coming on next week. Um, he'll be coming on next week. Actually, r- random point here. Sharma says, and listen, I know a lot of you people don't know what I look like. You only you only know the sound of my sweet, silky voice. But um, Sharma's convinced that I look like Tommy Fury. I don't know if I see it. But he's not the first person to say that to me. So I don't know if you want to go check out Instagram, see uh, you know see see uh, see some old pictures of me or whatever. Check him out. 
uh, get at me. DM DM us at uh, Caltro Podcast on Twitter or on Instagram. Let me know if you think I look like Tommy Fury. Maybe we'll have to bring it up with Charmin next week if I remember to. But uh, yeah, man. Quick shout though. Game of the weekend. Game of the weekend has to go to Bologna against Fiorentina. A 3-3 draw. Dusan Vlahovic scoring a penalty. Dusan Vlahovic uh, calling it now. The cheap alternative to Erling Haaland. I would love to see him in Bianconero. Him or Gianluca Scamacca are two guys who I would love to see play for my team. If I were any team in the top six right now, I'd be looking at those two for sure. And if I were a team in the top four of most countries in Europe, Germany, France, England, Spain, I'd be looking at Dusan Dusan Blahovic for sure, for sure, for sure. I believe he's he's going to get like 20 goals this year. And the guy's like 20 years old, 21 years old. It's insane. Fucking God bless him. He's so good. But in this game, speaking of hyping up young Italians, as we did before with Giacomo Raspadori with the, uh, the, 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 the Jack Stonks, Emanuele Vignato had a great game in this one too. Uh, Emanuele... Emanuele Vignato is is he eighteen or nineteen? I think he's I think he's classe two thousand and two. Let me confirm that real quick. I've been signing this guy in Football Manager for two years now. Um, I believe I believe he's he's Italian by birth, but I think he has Brazilian uh, parents. Is it Brazilian parents? I knew he was actually capped. Emanuel Vignato, excuse me, not Emanuele Vignato. Emanuel, Emanuel Vignato, okay, excuse me, he was born in 2000, so he's 20 years old. Still, you know, he'll be 21 this year. Yeah, he, he actually got capped by Brazil at, at U17 level. Uh, okay, Brazilian mother, there we go. Thanks, Wikipedia. So anyway, Emanuel Vignato had a fucking great game in this one, man. Three assists in, again, what was a very back-and-forth type game, and he set up fucking, <laughs> dude, he set up Palacio for three goals. Rodrigo Palacio got a hat-trick in this game. What the hell? What's going on, man? What is going on? Rodrigo Palacio had one goal all year. He scores three goals in one game. That's a tough look on Fiorentina. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, if you want to hype anyone up right now, if you don't want to hype up Raspadori, you're not sold on him. Vignato is a nice alternative. He's the he's the hipster alternative, I guess, to Raspadori right now. Great vision, great composure on the ball. The third, the third assist that he set up in particular to beat the offside line, perfectly timed ball right through the Fiorentina center backs, right to Palacio. Beautiful play. You love to see it, man. You love to see it. And if you're either side, you're 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 absolutely losing your mind in that one. And look, it's they're again. I I think both sides will probably be okay in the relegation race, but you know Bologna weren't necessarily mathem Bologna weren't mathematically out, right? So nice point for them. They're probably out of the woods now. Fiorentina, not quite out of the woods. Think they'll probably be fine, but not quite out of the woods. But you know, respect. You know, shake hands at the end of the game, and uh, you know, l- little nod to each other. You, you, you gotta, you gotta love a game. Listen, I, I know that everyone says a fucking perfect game in Italy is is nil nil, right? Everyone, that's what the journalists say. That's, that's the that's the old school mentality. But I love, I love, I love mistakes, right? Because the idea is that a nil nil game means that no mistakes were committed by either side which means that the game is perfect. Nah, fuck that. I want mistakes, man. I want 3-3 games. I want thrilling draws like this. So go out and uh, go out and uh if you're a sickle like me and you like watching back full 90 minutes once in a while to fall uh, to fall asleep to, check out this match. If you didn't get to watch it the other day, I assume there aren't a ton of Bologna nor nor Fiorentina fans listening to the pod. But uh yeah, the few that are, are probably losing their minds right now punching the air cuz they had a great time watching that game over the weekend or maybe they had a miserable time and it was absolutely terrible terrible for their blood pressure which will probably be the case for me this weekend with Nick. Uh it'll be a fun weekend man. We'll see uh we'll see uh, if Nick and I are on speaking terms next week. I'm very much looking forward to having a nice big panel next week. It'll be a really fun pod. I think we'll I think we'll be report ugh, we'll be recording it a little bit later. Um 
on Thursday, I believe. Uh, no, excuse me. We're recording it on Tuesday. We're recording it this upcoming Tuesday, so the pod will probably be out like uh, late Tuesday night or Wednesday during the morning. So we'll be back at you in a week's time. It'll be a lot of fun. Maybe it'll be a little bit longer as well if we got a couple guests on. So the five aside will definitely take up some time, and I'm really looking forward to it, man. Haven't had guests on in a while, and it'll be great to have Nick back in great company with the two, my two favorite Interisti, I have to say, in Nima and Rahul. So hate the team, love the men. So that'll be a lot of fucking fun, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to this 125th episode. Listeners, you can get at us if you haven't already at Cultural Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. Like our Facebook page. It is The Cultural Podcast. And subscribe to us on all platforms if you haven't yet. You could please leave us a kind five-star review. It really helps us out. That would be greatly appreciated. Until next time, listeners, I hope you enjoy the games this weekend. Interisti, auguri, congratulations. Uh, enjoy the festivities, stay drunk, and stay tuned for next week as we have a couple of your boys, two big ambassadors of Inter to the world, coming on to join me. And until then, listeners, fucking love you. You guys are the best. Motherfuckers, be well, stay chill, and stay safe. Until next time, catch you soon. Ciao. Oh, pensato a cosa sei, per me sai cosa sei, qualcosa che non sai nemmeno te Ho oh, pensato tutta no, te a noi ma non lo so, chi sei per me per oggi, chi se ne frega La barba ti piace ma se ti bacio fa male, vengo dalle popolari ma sono un romanticone Rapper acquisto sul cazzo perché piace cosa faccio, dal ragazzino alla mamma le palazzine in via Padova Nuovo range l'ho preso per lei un po' per lei, un po' per lei, un po' perché mi piaceva Lei si lamenta, mi ricordo che sei Io non pensavo nemmeno che stessimo scemo Oh oh, ogni volta che scopo una donna che amo Facciamo l'amore, ore, ore, oh oh Ogni volta che amo una donna che scopo Parliamo di qualcosa, ore, Fatti un giro ore. con me Sopra il mio nuovo range Il tempo scorre veloce quando sono con te Scendo il culo dal jet, lo appoggio sul Mercedes, io quelli come te, li riconosco dai gesti, hai i soldi di tuo padre, ma fai il video con i ferri. Posso comprarti Gucci oppure lui oppure Fendi, so che sei con lui, ma che tra un mese ti penti, ti porto a Miami sulla barco sopra il jet ski, per questi gioielli non bastano i tuoi stipendi. E non succederà più che torni alle tre, se ti passo a prendere.